Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Raw Impressions number 27. In this episode... Lou and Adele discuss the movie that Lou was in. He had a very, very, very small part. He appeared in maybe three or four scenes very briefly, but Lou has a lot to say about it. The movie was Laurel Canyon. The movie is Laurel Canyon, starring uh, Francis McDormand, mm-hmm. Christian Bale, yep, and Kate Beckinsale, and fellow principal actor Louis Knox Barlow. I was considered a principal actor. I'll have you know. Oh, I do know. I've I've heard a lot about it. Um, so. Okay, we rented the movie yesterday. Four ninety nine high definition. Three ninety nine. Three ninety nine high definition. Yeah, on the Prime, on the on the Amazon Fire Stick thing, and we don't own the movie, but <laughs> oh gosh, okay, I'm giggling because there's been a decade plus of lead up to hearing a to seeing this movie for me. I've never seen it before. Lou is in the movie. Um, we've been together for over a decade and he's often shared, shared stories about this movie and his experience filming Laurel Canyon. It was an experience. It's not really reflected. And and I don't show up in the movie very often, but I was there on the set soaking it all in, soaking in the ambience, the, the, (laughs) the, the, the buzz, the buzz of activity that it takes to create um, a Hollywood movie. I was there. You were there. I was in the little shuttle van going from base camp. That's mm-hmm. what they call it. Base mm-hmm. camp was on, at Will Rogers Beach mm-hmm. outside of Santa Monica. And I would ride the little white van with like Christian Bale. Wow. And then also the stand-in actors. I got to find out there's a whole culture of people who are stand-in actors, who stand in for the main characters. Mm-hmm. I, got, I heard the lingo. They call, they call the movie a show. Mm-hmm. They refer to it as a show. <clears throat> oh, that's interesting. Like movies. For instance, Kate Beckinsale had done Pearl Harbor. She had already that. done it? Yeah. And uh, while she, I was in the makeup trailer with her, uh-huh. she referred to Pearl Harbor as a show. <laughs> that show that I was working on. Uh huh. Um, the the truth is, is that I I was a little. I wasn't. I'm not going to say I was let down, but I was a little bit disappointed that Lou is not as present visually in the movie as I was hoping for. And I I don't even know if I heard you say a single line. I did. You did. I I said up your well, butrin. <laughs> you, you probably missed that. 
<laughs> For some... I almost missed. I'll tell you what. I was relieved at how little I was in that movie because I I have one scene where I walk across the you know the camp the I walk across the scene and the way I'm walking is so bizarre. <laughs> And then it shows me drinking, like, yes. you know, a fake beer. And the way that I put my mouth around the... I'm like, oh, my God. I loved it, you guys. I could not stop laughing. I was giggling and laughing and uh, beside myself the whole time we were watching it. I was, like, so unbelievably giddy. I don't know why it made and me And I was brought right laugh. back... To, I was brought right and back to how hell. nervous I was during that. And my, like, and my feet were sweating. They're actually sweating now, even speaking of the film. Mm. Even though that I was sort of felt um, absolved of, of a lot of embarrassment by watching it yesterday and finding out that I was in so little of the movie. <laughs> I have to say, I was like, where are you? I've heard about this for so long. Well, and now I keep looking for you. I had my phone ready to take video and picture at the ready. I was like, here I am. I just assumed you were the star. Um, I mean, baby, let, you're a star to me, but let damn. Me, let me explain it briefly for the people listening. My my band at the time, the new Folk Implosion, mm-hmm. I kept the Folk Implosion going and then just stuck new at the beginning of it. And who was in that band? Imad Wasif and Russ Pollard. Okay. Who were quite a bit younger than me. I think they're, they both are... They're a lot younger than me and a lot more handsome. And they're a lot there. They show up in that movie quite a bit. They were good. They do. I, I They're in it more, actually, They were good because they look good. Russ was actually quite a good actor. He was a really... He, they he gave really, him a kid, even. They gave, they gave him, him a like, kid. in the he, movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like... I, yeah, he was like, <clears throat> you know, kind of flirting with Kate Beckinsale on set. <laughs> he seemed really, like, in his mode. Uh-huh. I was... Ahmad looked cool. Well, he always looks cool. I mean, cool. he always looks cool. If you don't know who he is, you'll, come you'll, on. You'll put a picture of him in We'll the, put a picture. Yeah, he, he's... Uh, he's a good-looking guy, um, but he looked so badass in that movie. But Christian Bale is in it. Oh, who's the lead singer of your band? He's not in your actual real band. He was the actor Alessandro then. Nivola. Okay. He's an actor originally from Boston. Oh. He is of Italian royalty, I was going to say, it sounds like Italian royalty. Yes. I love that last name. It's so pretty. Yes, and he is, he is in real life married to Emily Mortimer. Who's also an actress. Yeah, and I got to go to a party at his house after we finished filming it. Is she English? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's so many English people on that movie. All the English people are American. In the movie, yeah. And a lot of the American people, myself included, and my band, we were meant to be English. So they, they, the powers that be, wanted us to speak in English accents. And we even went to like a vocal coach. Oh, my God. I had a, I had a, I had like a CD of the vocal coaching. I wanted desperately to find it so I could play it for you, but it pretty much consisted of, of the guy going, "I'd rather lava father." I have to say, I'm gonna I'm gonna roast uh, Laurel Canyon some of the things, and one of them is that was a terrible decision to make you guys be English. I mean, the accents were ridiculous. Sorry. I think they just think they it, just it seems more rock it and roll. It seemed unnecessary, too. It seemed more rock and roll. But that was at the time. that At that time, I think we were in the still in that kind of blur, oasis kind oh, of yeah. thing that was going on. I like to think that there was no name for the band ever. Right. But I would like to think mm-hmm. the name of the band, a good name would have been Radio Play. 
<laughs> a combination of Radiohead and Coldplay. Ah. Lou's uh, character's name was Fripp. Fripp. <laughs> oh, my God. I died, you guys. I just could not stop giggling anytime he came on screen, which was not enough. But um, I did love the fact that when you were on screen, you were typically sharing it, sharing the, the screen with Frances McDormand, legendary actress. My God, she's the best. She's literally one of the best. She was a really cool person, too. And yes. she, I'm sure she still is. I see nothing stop. She's going to be. Yes. I mean, she's going to live forever and be nice I, forever. I think that you've ha I mean, of all the celebrities and things that you've encountered in your life, people you've encountered, you when you speak of her, she sounds like she was just so classy, so nice, so generous. Um, she was just like you think you she's she was just, just like, like you'd, you, hope, you'd hope want her be. to be. Yeah. And she was so cool to us. She knew we were newbies and yeah. she really like made it easy for us and took an interest in us. And she actually bought Russ and Maude and myself matching members only jackets oh. from like a, a vintage store, probably in Santa Monica. That's so sweet. And then we kind of hung out a little bit after we finished the movie too. She came to my house. I went to her place, had nice. some dinner, yeah. chatted. That's really cool. We went to her apartment and and her and Joel Cohen's. Did you so you got apartment. to meet Joel? Yeah, I met Joel. He was really nice. We got to hold uh, one of her Oscars. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit. She was cool for for probably for Fargo. Probably. Man. It was yeah, cool. That's it was cool. Like I, it was it was a really nice experience. I like to talk about it a lot because it was it was actually a very interesting experience mm -hmm. to be brought into that world, and to witness it, to be there. The acting part was agonizing, mm -hmm. but the fly on the wall part and meeting yeah. Francis McDormand. And that, and then also the, all the people that worked on the movie were like super cool, like rockers. Yeah. They were all, oh. the guy that was like the director of photography was <clears throat> in the super cool new wave band from DC, I think called 9543. I'm not sure. There was a, it was a succession of numbers. This guy, Wally Pfister, mm -hmm. had the best name mm -hmm. ever. Wally Pfister. Um, totally cool. All the old guys that were working the cameras and stuff were like so chill. Mm. Um, so it was really nice to be a part of, to sort of be there and experiencing that. But when the camera came on, it, it was hell on earth for me. Mm. Yeah. And, and I really realized, like, I think in your mind you think, oh, I could act, you know, but boy. Mm. When it actually, and then I actually really understood. And I, for the first time, I really understood that w actors get that kind of money that they make mm -hmm. for a very good reason. Mm. Because they have to be the center of attention of this whole constellation of people that surround them, yeah. and these moments are so fraught with like detail and. And there's so much relying on them to carry yeah. that moment, right? And it's time, money, lighting, and direction. Doing, doing that while inhabiting a character is like I'm like, that is supernatural ability mm -hmm. stuff. So I really I I talk about it so much. Um, not only because I like to drop Francis's McDormand's <laughs> name as much as That's possible. That's a great name drop, though, but, if you're going to have one. But I, I, but I really, <clears throat> you know, I really did, I did enjoy being in that world. I mean, I didn't, 
necessarily want to be there or go back to that world. But it, while it was happening, you're grateful for that experience. I'm grateful for it. I feel I can totally relate in the sense that I didn't really know anything about how the film and TV industry worked before moving to Los Angeles. And I probably had a pretty dismissive idea, to be perfectly honest, when I was like growing up living in the Twin Cities. Mm. And I kind of would just be like, Ugh, you know, sort of, I mean, I hate to say it, maybe even look down on some of those people. Mm. I don't know why, but uh, I think it can feel kind of threatening to someone's ego when you just, it's like film stars and TV stars can just threaten our everyday life. You know, we're like, they're so much better than us. And I think it's just because they're put on some stage that we've decided this, but um, maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but I do. I think there's a lot of people that feel that yeah, way. Yeah, right? I mean, and then when I moved out to L.A., I unexpectedly was... Uh, I don't know if thrust is the right word, but I, I ended up working in the industry and you needed a job. I needed a job. You, you came out Mm -hmm. there as a grocery worker, but there was like a big, there was a grocery store strike. And so this lady did not cross the picket line. And so I didn't know what the heck to do anyway. I can't remember if we talked about this on the podcast already, but, um, and this could definitely warrant its own episode or two someday, but I became an audience clapper. Yes, I was paid. (laughs) Paid to clap, everybody. (laughs) Um, That's a real job. And, you know, so I would sit through like TV shows being um, shot live, you know, like when they would see, you know, here we are filming in front of a live audience. Quick, quick list of the of the shows that you did as a clapper. I can't even. Well, I can. The Wayne Brady show. Well, the Wayne Brady show. Yes. I mean, I have certain ones I did, but a lot of Greg Kilborn. Yes. Uh, the pyramid. The, the pyramid, the 10,000, 20,000. Yeah. The one also where you were like pyramid. in little boxes on Hollywood top of squares. Each- yeah. What? <laughs> Whoa, that's new to me. I didn't know that you were on Hollywood squares. Well, I was in the, in the audience. Yeah. Um, and then lots of television shows that, to be perfectly honest, I don't remember the names of. A lot of them were pilots um one of them i think was called i'm with her where it was sort of based on like this actress who got together with like a guy who wasn't in the industry and so it was sort of like what it's like to date someone famous blah blah i think it was kind of around the notting hill time you know like this Hmm. idea we have of like normal people you know like with famous famous people what must that be like But I will say this. So the experience completely changed my perspective on the industry. And I also had a similar um, appreciation where I I was blown away at how hard working that industry is. Long and hours. Holy cow. Long I mean, hours. Yeah, the hours are incredible. And... Yeah, just watching the actors and not just, I mean, every single person there is so vital. You realize that it's really, truly a team, like a sports team. Every single person working that down to just catering, everything is so important. And um, can I brag for one second? Yeah, please brag. You, when you did these, a lot of these talk shows, you were sat up front. (laughs) 
And they called, you know, the, and if you see this, I used to notice this all the time, even on Judge Judy and shows like that, that on the fr- in the front row, there was like, why are all these attractive women mm-hmm. in the front? Mm-hmm. And you informed me that that's called Babe Row. Well, that's what it was that's called. That's the official term, Babe Row. Craig Kilborn show. Craig Kilborn show called Babe Row. I don't Babe know Bro. if they still do that, and they might be horrified having that revealed now. After I feel like that would not fly now with like just today, but you know, it was interesting to literally be pulled out of a line, and they were like, "Yeah, we want to pick you four women to come sit." Literally in the front, in front of Craig Kilborn, and I'm like, "Why?" And they're like, "Cause you you look good." It's like Jesus, wow, weird. Okay, babe. so they called it Babe Bro. Um, <laughs> so embarrassing, <laughs> God. Uh, but I did get to see Gloria. Is it Estefan? Estefan or Estefan? Let's not get into it. I know. Let's but move on. She's lovely, and uh, she sang, and it brought me to damn tears because like it, live to hear she her saying like her, just a few feet in front of me on the craig kilborn show live whoa. beautiful performance it was like after she had been in this bus crash and i think she sang the song that was like coming out of the dark or something and i was like sobbing i mean whoa. holy cow fucking magical anyway so yeah the the people who work in that industry and then i later also worked worked in the industry because i knitted for it knitted made things and again we can hey, talk, let's talk about, about that later. Canyon. Let's but let's talk get about back my, to my monumental Canyon. my monumental life-changing <laughs> super important <laughs> experience you? oops anyway <laughs> anyway <laughs> something happened i just anyway i want to talk about i'm going to go back to laurel canyon yes i think we could do a whole thing about your Clapping your jobs that you had in LA when you moved there first, amazing. Yeah, but the, we're, we're we're going to uh, memories. November two thousand and one. Yeah, uh, I was in in the movie Laurel Canyon. I was meant to be a band. The band, the Folk Implosion, the new Folk Implosion, was the band in the movie. Yeah. And your, and your producer, your real life producer? Our producer played the engineer in the movie. Ah. Frances McDormand was the producer. Right. Yes, she sure was. But her engineer in the movie was Mickey Petralia, who was actually our producer at the time. He Neat. Was, we were recording with him. Mm-hmm. So we had actually moved. It was interesting because we were work, working in his pool house in Los Feliz, but then we kind of went and set up shop. Out in Pacific Palisades to film this movie in another pool house. Fun. Gotta yeah. love a pool house. I'd love to have a pool house. Same. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, but so the songs that we play in the movie were Sparkle Horse songs. Yeah. And you don't know? Do you know Sparkle I, Horse? I don't know. I've, I've heard the name um, Sparkle Horse, but I, 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 I guess I can't say I know the music. So we, we spent a lot of time playing these Sparkle Horse songs and actually recording them in the studio. Oh, yeah. cool. Yep. And uh, Alessandro actually sings the... He actually sang it. Yeah. But I'm going to play the I'm going to play one of the songs. So this song was kind of like the song that's going to... If you've seen Laurel Canyon, um, it's the ballad that's mm-hmm. going to save them. Save the album that they're save working the on. Save the album because they're looking for inspiration. They're, they're looking for a hit. They need a hit. Yeah, yep. and then they finally, uh, Alessandro, 
writes this song. Although it's originally written by Mark Linkus, mm-hmm. who passed away in 2010. Okay. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Um, I found this song almost impossible to play. I was so nervous. Oh, so nervous. Even in this because we went to this crazy studio in Hollywood to record this, too. We actually went. I mean, this was like A-list shit. We went to Sunset Sound and... In L.A. and like Stevie Nicks was like in the lobby and oh my god, and we're like we're like in the, in this crazy studio where they've done all these amazing records like, and I'm just trying desperately to get through this two chord song. Oh, I was so nervous even oh. then. Oh, it's okay. I'm taking it back right now. Though. Yeah, this that's is right. The song is called Shade and Honey. <laughs> <laughs> I could look in your face. For a thousand years It's like a civil war Of pain and of cheer But if you was a horse I could help you with your chains I could ride you through the fields Wow, (laughs) sorry By by your fiery wings I don't want to interrupt But I do want to remind you that you've been speaking for a while. And also, I want to make sure that you, Lou, (laughs) tell the story of Kate Beckinsale walking, quote-unquote, open-mouthed into one of your farts. That's right. Kate Beckinsale smelled one of your farts. That's your legacy. <laughs> that's your A-list moment, friend. Enjoy. This is, that's the story you wanted me to tell. I love that story so much, and you're going to still tell it. You want to keep playing the song? Where do I pick up? Do I pick up from... I can't, uh, I'm going to try not to giggle, because I don't want to insult could ride, could I, could I, the lyricist, but... These lyrics are really funny. I could ride you. Should I start? Uh, I could after ride I, you. I could through. ride you. Th- <clears throat> Here we go. I could ride you through the fields <laughs> by your fiery mane. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Let your shade be sweet and float upon the lake. Where the sun will be made of honey. The sun made of honey. Huh. I cried diamonds while you burned. Ouch. Because no one here could save you. She's returning to the earth. But one day she'll be silver. Stars are dying in my chest Until I see you again 
She was born with the wings of a hawk. And she combs her hair with blood. May your shade be sweet And float upon the lake Where the sun will be made of honey May your shade be sweet And float upon the lake where the sun will be made of honey. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, dear, for recreating the ballad from Laurel Canyon. Laurel Canyon, everyone. The movie Lewis Knox Barlow was a principal actor in. Can I tell you something embarrassing before I get on to the really embarrassing story? Yeah. Um, while we were working on the movie, I was like, well, maybe maybe I should like play the director some of my songs. Aww. So I went home and I made this like really this like, you know, a, an acoustic stuff of like the, my best songs at the time, I thought, and I gave it to her. <clears throat> and I handed her the CD and she said, do you know Elliot Smith? <laughs> and I did know Elliot Smith. Yep. You did. I did, and I actually oh. managed to inter- introduce her to Elliot Smith. Oh. Yeah. Yep, and we got Elliot Smith came to one to the rap party. Oh. Um. <clears throat> okay. Lots of stories there that I'm not going to go into, but uh, the yeah. The rap party. The rap party. Elliot. Uh, mm. R- Russ. Our Russ Pollard was hanging out quite a bit with Elliot at the time. Um. So, uh, there was that going on too. Um, but anyway, those, we played two Sparkle Horse songs and I found them very difficult to play. Yeah. They're very different than your style. Yeah. And also I think the songs, the the appeal of the songs in their recorded form and their original Sparkle Horse form really rely heavily, or they really depend on the delivery of Mark Linkus, the singer Mm -hmm. and his he has this almost I, his approach is very interesting and kind of ironic a little bit hmm. um, and but when sang in sort of a earnest way by a say a band a made up band in a movie with an English singer mm-hmm. it didn't come off quite as well mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah I did giggle a little bit during some of did. those scenes I can't you gasp I, you well, gasp you're like what is this <laughs> <laughs> but uh Oh my gosh! I want to say this though: the movie was real fun to watch. So for three ninety nine, if you haven't seen it, you should do it. It's a good time. Um, I like, mean, yeah. Listen, <laughs> I mean, it's not gonna win. It's it's if, if it wasn't if it wasn't like uh, three major mm-hmm. major A list actors in that movie. Who who did? I mean, and, and Francis and I'll tell you, I was a table. I did a table reading. <laughs> I did my after my table reading. Mm-hmm. Sat around a table with all the actors and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, Francis McDormand just kind of she used the script as kind of like suggestions. Oh, she really kind of like really 
So she improved. She improved quite a bit. Oh. And really like and really brought the scenes to life when she was doing them too. Like she really kind of worked off, she worked off script. Cuz she's so smart. I mean, she she kind of knew what needed to be done to carry that movie. I mean, her and Christian Bale and Kate Beckinsale, let's just say that you guys they put in the work, okay? And they they did everything they could. They did everything they could. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. I was on the set. You sure were. Oh I was. God, you looked so cute. Oh. Uh, I had. <sighs> I was. They used hair product on me to to tame my curls, which was fine with me because I was at war with my curls back then in two thousand one. Hmm. Um, but I had. I had. I got this great great clothes mm-hmm. from wardrobe. I got jeans that actually <laughs> fit me. They like. Uh, so cute but i was nervous every day and um when i get nervous my tummy gets a little rumbly oh so this is your your transition yeah Yeah. this is uh as my as my friend you know so uh he set me up for this Mm -hmm. um i'm i can't get away with not telling this story it's really... And you love this story. Really fart stories are so, so good, you guys. <laughs> this is a real good one. So, this one's good. Um, I was farting on set, and it sucked <laughs> because there's a lot of people. And we were, like I said, we were recording in this pool house. Small. So the studio itself was very small. It was just a couch, and then there's probably like 25 people crammed around us while we're on the couch in the studio. Oh, God. And uh, (laughs) I farted. I didn't mean to. I didn't want to. Were were you aware the fart was coming? Were you like, I was in so much pain. I'll tell you this. I was in pain. Because this this is a long time ago. This is before I figured out my diet. I'm in my 30s, my early 30s. I'm still sorting through, like, you know, my intake. Let's say, you know, I I probably, I wasn't living that healthy. Uh You know, I was probably (laughs) drinking a lot, mixing a lot of alcohol at night, and then eating poorly. So there was a burning in my gut. (laughs) And, you know, I didn't, like, fart, like, I didn't do that. It was silent. It was totally one of those silent but deadlies. But when it oh, when it creeped <laughs> creeped out of my my sphincter, it was hot. Oh no! And I was like, oh no! <laughs> and then, as it sort of started to envelop me in the surroundings, um, <clears throat> Kate Beckinsale. Mm-hmm. She walked into the room and she went, ah, she like opened her mouth and she's like, yeah, like she could taste it. Ah, ah, oh, and then, you know, I'm a terrible English accent. I mean, believe me, this is why you hear so little of me speaking in the film because my accent was so terrible. But she was like, I just walked open mouthed into a fart. Said, yeah, she was. She was. Uh, oh my god! I she can't. was kind of like she was actually a pretty raw personality on the set. She oh. was. She was pretty much. She was. You know, she was down to like talk shit with the guys and um, flirt with Russ and whatever. But it. Uh, yeah, she. She uh, walked. Walked by her own admission, or by her own description, she walked open mouth and into one of my silent but deadly. <laughs> Nervous, deep, oh 
my nerve, God. deep nerve farts. <laughs> or did you? Did you like? Did you take ownership of the fart, or did you uh, just sit no. there mortified? Was there like was Ahmad and Russ there? Were they sitting in your fart as well? It was Francis. They're probably used to it at that point. Oh no! Francis was not there. Oh thank God. <laughs> that would have been funny. She probably would have made a really funny face. <laughs> And look right at me. She would have known. She would have known right away. Like, oh. Oh, my God. Kate Beckinsale's ate one of your farts. <laughs> Those did. beautiful lips. That sweet smile. Hmm. Oh, man. Damn. Well, on that note, <laughs> we'll wrap it up. I mean, I don't know. What, what else should we say? I mean, I could... I mean, I, I almost feel... Like, I, I love you even more now after experiencing you, oh, seeing you, like, have to do this torturous role, this little role. Oh, can I, I want, I want to mention oh, one more thing My about heart it. just is expanded. The first st- scene that I was in, mm-hmm. I was meant to be taking a bong hit. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I was, I had a bong and, uh, but what, what I smoked uh-huh. was catnip. Ew. Because catnip is movie pot. Oh. And uh, we did the scene many, many times. And I was like, because I didn't have to speak, I was like, I'm going to do the best fucking bong hit (laughs) for this movie. I'm going to do, this is it. This is like. This is my moment. This is my moment. Mm. So I did dozens and dozens of full on, full lung catnip bong hits. Oh, what does that do to you? It made me feel bad. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like there. I felt like kind of like I was like I was like that. Yeah, I was like, am I high? I was like, I, I kind of wanted to be. I desperately wanted to be altered in some way on the on that set in order to, order to uh, counteract my nervous energy. Oh, and you liked filming the big party scene at the yeah. Chateau. Marmont. Oh yeah, this is the last part okay. that I want to talk about. The famous Chateau. Yeah, we went to the Chateau Marmont for the the, the final scene, mm-hmm. um, and it was a party scene. And Mark Linkus from Sparkle Horse was there. Oh, cool! I believe he was in a wheelchair at the time. Um, uh, and Daniel Lenoir, the famous producer. Do you know who he is, Daniel uh, Lenoir? I mean, I've heard of him. He's from Montreal. Uh, he produced uh, like records for Emmy Lou Harris, probably mm. Willie Nelson, Neil Young. I mean, he he didn't. He kind of came. <clears throat> uh, he had this big renaissance as a producer when he started making these new, cool-sounding records for Bob Dylan. He mm. made "Time Out of Mind" for Bob Dylan. Oh wow! Yeah, and he lived right on the lake in Silver Lake. Oh, apparently. Oh, but Daniel Lenoir was there at the party, and he oh, was wait. psyched. He was no, like, "I think Hi. I knew that. I think I actually knew his house because yeah. I think James pointed it out to me. I bet he, he did. knew him. I bet he did. Yeah, James. Yeah, yeah James Crusoe. Another one of my former yeah, jobs. That, yeah, Adele worked for a, a pretty famous guitar maker. I did. <clears throat> But, for um, another day. Yeah, so Daniel Lenoir was there, and he was like into it. And he's all—they put him all over the party scene. He's, there's at least two or three shots of him. Uh huh. But yeah, he was picking up the guitar and playing. And oh, oh, sorry. But to finish, that you got to actually have like a little drink or something while you were I filming did, that. So you were like, "This uh, is fun." Yeah, Francis McDormand had a room at the chateau. Francis, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so before the filming started, we were in his room, and she gave me some whiskey. Yeah, Francis. We, we listened to Tom Waits and uh, 
She gave me some whiskey, which Aww. really made me feel so much better. I'm like, man, if I could have just had a couple of shots <laughs> while filming this movie, I would have been great. Loose. I would have been loose. Loose. Not super loose. I think I would have, like, you know, measured it really well and uh-huh. not gotten completely hammered in the course of the filming. I love Laurel Canyon now. I love it even more. Hmm. I love Frances for taking care of you. She did. Yeah. Thank you, Frances McDormand. Aww. All right, everyone. This is the end. This is the end. We're done blabbing. Done blabbing about this movie. Go rent it. Or don't. Whatever. <laughs> and have a wonderful day. Thank you. Hey. Thank you for joining Lou and Adele on this very, very, very special, long edition of Raw Impressions. How raw is a fart? That's about as raw. Well, I think it's raw, but that was pretty raw. The whole story about the fart. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.